0: Hey, Frequels, Mike here. A uh, quick note for this episode. We had a little bit of audio trouble. It turns out that you can kind of hear me and Madison echoing on our guest, Carrie McMichael's track. Um, I took care of it as best I could. There are a few places where we couldn't cut for that. So it's going to come through a little bit. It's not a big deal. It's a great episode. Very excited for you to hear uh, <laughs> the shenanigans we get up to. Um, wanted to also quickly say that Um, We still are supporting many of the local bail funds, many of the protesters, the trans people of color funds. Uh, You can find all those links again on our massive thread from last week. It should be the previous tweet from this episode's. Go there, donate. You can go to the Black Lives Matter website. You can find a bail fund by state list. Uh, You can also find those online, go out, support those as best you can, sign the petitions. Just keep being heard. Uh, we still stand in solidarity and we want you to do the same. Uh, so without further ado, Matilda too.
1: We're
2: told we have to do what we are
1: told, but surely. Sometimes you have to be a little bit naughty. You think that it's okay, and that's not right. And if it's not right, you have to put it right.
0: Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, that's a weekly podcast ever. for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noel, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form?
2: Yeah, I'm good today. I don't have a bit today. You didn't pause for as long. Yeah, I know. Like, I think, you know, I don't have like some funny bit related to the movie. I'm just kind of going with the flow today. Everyone's taking everything day by day, right? So. Exactly. I can't be a joke machine every single episode, Mike. I put the comedy weight of the podcast on my shoulders, but.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you're just, you're carrying the weight of the podcast on your shoulders. The comedy part. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Madison's Liquids does now take up, I'm pretty sure, a double-digit percentage of the runtime of this podcast. So, Yeah, it's all about that. And, of course, you carry the weight of that, that bit on your shoulders as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. I basically just open a... This is
0: sounding really passive-aggressive to people who can't see that we're both laughing. <laughs> this sounds like we're having a podcast fight in front of all of our children because they can't see our faces. We're, we've always been in a fight since the moment I met you. I do like that we decided to hash this out on a guest episode yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) we have hostage basically
2: speaking of
0: speaking of we are joined today by co-host of the kicking and streaming podcast carrie mcmichael carrie welcome to the equalizers
1: i'm so happy to be here
0: so who do you think is right in this fight you have to pick a side right now
1: oh who is right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you have to pick a side
1: i don't know mike i think i just pick you for funsies Sorry, Madison.
2: <laughs> it's okay. We only just met, so.
0: Madison I have a fight on every guest episode and then immediately make the guest pick a side, yeah. just so we have an idea of what the energy is going to be like in the episode.
1: Yeah, I'm probably just going to have to defer yeah. to you, Mike.
2: I'll bring you to the Madison side eventually.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, I can't wait. All right, so uh, <laughs> this week, after one of our amazing intro bit, uh, we are doing Matilda. Uh, Carrie, typically this is the point where we ask our guests why they selected this movie. Uh, partly I did encourage you to pick a movie to be a guest. Uh, what was it about the movies that we talked about that made Matilda stick out to you as the one to do?
1: I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where I'm not really certain where the story would go after that. And I like how, uh, you both get into these conversations. You pull this narrative pin and just watch it go off in real time. (laughs) And you know, I was just sitting around thinking That's an elegant
0: way of that's uh, the most say generous, that. kindest way anyone has ever yeah, has ever described what we do. Yeah.
1: I was just thinking, you know, I'd love to hear them have a conversation about Matilda and Miss Honey undercover as nuns.
0: Did you listen to Beetlejuice too?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Whenever anyone says anything nice about the way we do this podcast, I always have to check to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch this a lot as a kid? Because I know a lot of people our age, typically, this was one of the staples.
1: Oh, I was obsessed uh, because I saw a lot of myself in Matilda and it I really wished I had powers and I was a hungry, ferocious reader so, yeah, she's always been a character that I identify with.
0: And you hate your brother. Yeah,
1: yeah, I did hate my brother at the time I did.
0: You can spill the tea on this podcast. He's not here. No,
1: I know he's not here. He's not here to go, oh, oh, but yeah, I totally, <laughs> in those days, you know, he was just that annoying little brother and I had no time for him. I feel bad about it <laughs> as I giggle.
0: Well, Carrie, what you don't know is we do have Ross here on the call. Let's bring him in. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's I think,
1: fine he'll give think, me the business later
2: i think what uh, about this movie to me at least it especially when you're watching it as a young kid you see this this child who is told that she is weak and she is uh worthless and take the power and then t- like use literal powers that she has to shove it in all adults face all adult faces <laughs> and like 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 And I think it's very inspiring for any kid watching it, especially if you have those teachers you hate or those like principals or like those authority figures that like just seem to be being cruel for no reason or like or podcast co-hosts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then you also have the nice adults, right, that you love Um, like podcast Mm -hmm. co-hosts me. (laughs)
0: Uh, this wasn't one that i watched a lot as a kid i did enjoy it but it wasn't in the heavy rotation in my house mostly because my sister was older and uh, older enough than me that it was mostly power rangers and small soldiers by by that time i was around so i didn't get to it but you both liked it i liked it it may surprise you to know there are people online who didn't like it that's right gang it's time for daddy's tomatoes Our first review comes from Gail Q, who gave this five stars. I'm not actually going to read the content of the review because it's just her email address. (laughs) And Uh, I'm not going to dox
2: this woman on our podcast. Wow. Okay. Quality move. That's the uh, Rotten Tomatoes way of saying, like, I have too much to say about this. Just email me and we'll we'll hash it out.
1: We'll get coffee.
0: Gail wants to have a longer conversation about this, a two-way street. So just give her an email. Um... You can find her review on Rotten Tomatoes yourself. Again, I'm not going to dox this woman (laughs) who has already doxed herself on possibly one of the most toxic sites for movie fans.
1: I just love the notion that the character (laughs) limit could not contain her entire... Which
0: is wild because I have seen like eight paragraph reviews on Rotten Tomatoes before. Too much to say. Uh, Our our next review, who has very little to say, but a very specific point, Uh, this is Kevin D who gave it two and a half stars. Wide angle. Oh my God, enough with the wide angle. End of
2: review. That's funny.
0: This review is four and a half stars. It comes from Philkin O, who just wanted us to remember the magic is always the real answer.
2: End of review. this person not like the movie? That sounds like they liked the movie.
0: Oh, yeah, I think they liked it. They just want us to remember in this fast-paced world we live in, in these crazy times, we forget what's important and we have to remember the magic is always the real answer. <laughs> I love it. Our next review comes from Jake C. Who
2: gave this five stars. Danny DeVito loves me. End of review. DeLivo, De, Danny, De DeLivo. Da, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito loves us all. Danny DeVito. His, his twin brother. <laughs> Danny DeVito. That's the, the evil parallel universe.
0: Danny DeVito.
2: There's got to be some Photoshop horror of someone doing Danny Dorito, Right? That's got to exist. Danny DeVito should advertise for Doritos. <laughs>
1: I'd look for it, but I'm scared.
2: I'll find it later. That'll actually be the episode picture. It's just whatever we find, if we find anything. (laughs) No, you can just post that
0: on our Instagram. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) I will not engage with this content, so you can post it on our Instagram. But our last review comes from John H., who gave this a half star. It's not necessarily funny, but it actually made me think for a minute, which is just a kid-friendly version of Carrie. No good. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) So when I was thinking, Mm -hmm. theoretically... Miss Honey is sort of conservative, and, like, maybe she would grow up to be Carrie's mom. I know her name's Matilda, but whatever. But what if the grown-up version of Matilda and Miss Honey are Carrie and her mom? That would be...
1: That's effed up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is.
0: I know Carrie has some thoughts, our guest Carrie has some thoughts on how this plot would go. I don't think we can pull a sword in the stone, too, again, and basically have the guests throw out their entire pitch, and we do it again from scratch.
2: yeah. I'm just saying, I had that thought going into this episode, just like, what if it or she was Carrie? But that
1: is also a respectable direction to take this in, honestly, and just as ridiculous of a conversation. So I- I'm good either way.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that's the end of the review. So Madison, let's just go. Let's get this over with. And
1: oh boy,
2: I'm legally obligated to say the catchphrase, but I'm sorry, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, Madison
0: has never once apologized to me for making me do this or for making- saying
1: it to I'm me.
2: Honored. I'll just cover your your face in the, yeah. the video. Who's ready to get wet? <laughs>
0: uh, first of all, first of all, you've never phrased it that way ever before. You've always said, "Are you ready to get wet?" Oh, I'm, you've sorry. Never just made I'm sorry. Just You've never made it a call and response before. It's just been a statement almost. This is you. You apologize. You made a big deal about how awkward it's going to be, and then you basically phrased it so that the person had to
2: respond <laughs> to you. That's true. You free. That's true. Okay, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Are you ready to get wet?
1: <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: I'm coming off a victory. I won last Ooh, week.
1: Okay, Here yes.
0: We Here we go. You did? Yeah, I did. Remember? No. I asked you if it was some kind of animal urine. You said probably some kind of mythical animal. This would be their urine. You said a dragon elk would, would probably have this for urine. So I guessed dragon elk urine, and I was correct. So I won, and we're coming into this episode with that energy. We're bringing the momentum.
2: Okay. okay. Um uh, so so go ahead and chug it oh okay quick, right now this might take me a second also carrie i'm sorry okay. you have to listen to me drink that's something.
1: absolutely fine
2: oh and one of the rules is that uh,
0: madison cannot repeat liquids so for example on the episode you were on i believe tomorrowland 2 um that was ginger ale bold or canada dry bold okay that's off the table it might be mixed with something so it could be like Canada Dry, Bold, and Gin, or something like that, or a mix. It could be in the mixed drink, but it's oh never going to be straight.
1: Paid a little bit more attention to what drinks came previously. Now,
0: <laughs> I, I remember Pamplemousse Lacroix, Peach Pear Lacroix. There was Miller Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. We went on Miller time together. Those are the only ones I remember. But oh, SIA Berry Juice in um, Snap Crackle Pop, Ragnarok. So. We can ask questions, or we can just start shooting straight from the hip. Do
1: I go first, or do you go first?
0: You
2: can go first, you're the guest.
1: Is there a plant word in the title of the beverage?
2: Yes. Multiple.
1: Multiple? Oh.
0: Are these... um, Well, no, because I don't want to actually be (laughs) Can't? Could you eat all of the plants raw? Like, pull it out of the ground and chomp it? Like a tomato?
2: No. You couldn't. Not all of them. Some of them. Okay. Uh, do,
1: do the plant words have non-edible applications? Uh,
2: yes, absolutely. Because
1: that that makes me, okay. No, Mike, you go next before I make a guess.
0: So for my non-yes or no question, we do get each. We can each ask one non-yes or no question. It can't just be like as blatant as well. What yeah, is this that liquid? would be zero fun. Uh, How many letters are in the name of this liquid?
2: Oh, shit.
1: I have a college education.
2: 21.
1: Okay, so it's not aloe water.
2: It was
0: clear. And it didn't seem to be carbonated because Madison downed it. Pretty yeah, and it quick. looked
1: really viscous, which made me initially think aloe water. But oh man,
2: I will say the glass I have is kind of like a like a green. So
1: oh
0: okay. So go ahead and actually hork up a little bit of that liquid so we can see what the color it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. This bit is officially taking too long. I'm just gonna Go start shooting it. from the hip. <laughs> okay, so is it, hmm, p- uh, potato
2: seaweed seltzer water? <laughs> no, gross. I would drink. I would drink that though. I would. I would. I would. I would take a take a sip.
1: Um, is it sesame seed milk?
2: Oh man, Ooh. I would probably drink that too. I love sesame seed. It is not. Would you like a lifeline? Would you like the the picture lifeline?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, go ahead. How many questions in are we?
2: I have no idea. Um I think it's always my it, it's always my uh, like it is my obligation to keep count, but I never do. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you set up a system where you literally have two jobs. You pick a drink, three jobs. You pick a drink, you drink a drink and you keep track of the
2: questions.
1: Oh. What?
2: <laughs> it's ambiguous. No.
0: Hold on, I'm trying to get it. Okay, so uh for the listener, I'm pretty sure this is a scene from Coco where a boy is playing a ghost guitar in the moonlight and it looks like orange leaves are blowing up around his feet.
1: <clears throat> is it Coke with orange? No. <laughs> There's no way.
2: No. I have drink. I have drank that, that. They have an orange Coke. It is not orange. Mm-hmm. It is not orange Coke though. Is it so orange? Is it orange cocoa? <laughs> it is not orange cocoa. <laughs> that twenty something letter <laughs> beverage, orange cocoa. Yeah, I'm gonna say you all have one more guess each. Oh no. Is it your own sweat? It is not my own sweat.
1: Okay. Uh is it
2: um Ask if it's somebody else's sweat. Is it sweat.
1: somebody else's sweat? Damn it,
2: how'd you <laughs> know? Uh, yes. no, it is not.
1: Alright, I give up.
2: Um It is Vita Cocoa Raspberry oh, Lime.
1: Oh man
0: I have never heard of that beverage before in my entire life. It's or coconut brand, water
2: so. um with other flavors. So I, I gathered
0: that there were other flavors. Coconut raspberry. Based on the and list mine. of flavors on
2: the can, three plants. Go. It's even spelled the same as Coco the movie. Also, if you haven't seen Coco the movie, watch Coco the movie. Oh,
1: it, it, it it's one of those movies that just peels off the first layer of your emotional epidermis. Mm-hmm. You're just like, ah. Oh.
2: I've probably watched it at least five times in my since it's been out and. The last time I watched it, which was, I think, like, two weeks ago, it was the first time I watched it, and I, I it didn't bring me to tears at the end. Yeah. Like, like every other time, I had cried. Like, I, I had been bawling at the end of it. It's,
1: you had to desensitize just, yourself yeah. to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that wasn't my goal. Well, I was surprised I didn't cry. <laughs> well, speaking of crying at the end of things,
0: shall we get to Mutala 2? <laughs>
2: right. Sure
0: sure i know that you had said that you needed an ending if you wanted if you had more thoughts for the beginning and middle you can give those as well whatever yeah I got, l- I got i <laughs> got way yeah.
1: farther into this than i thought i would but yeah when it came time to wrap it up i was clueless all right so like the, the elevator pitch for this the, the quick and dirty version is matilda you know grows up has a daughter everybody's trying to live a normal human life nobody's using their powers or anything and, like, her daughter, like, she's, like, 12 years old now. And she starts to, you know, come into adolescence. And she starts having these accidents where she's using powers, not knowing that she has them. And, like, Matilda's like, oh, got to deal with that. And so they are out. I said they're out at a book fair one day. And, like, some extremist group sees her save somebody with her kinetic pow- her telekinetic powers. And oh, shit. they want to abduct her. And use her in their evangelism to jumpstart a ridiculous new extremist sect of Christianity. And then Miss Honey would team up with Matilda and they would go undercover as nuns to get her back.
0: Which leads to the title that
1: you told me for this one. I structured this whole pitch around that whole subtitle joke, Matilda 2, Back in the Habit. Like, (laughs) I was literally just trying to come up with a joke title and I was like, oh, that's it.
0: Love it I mean we've done (laughs) (laughs) I mean I came up with my Meet Dave 2 pitch Based off of the idea of Pacific Dave And I backwards (laughs) back created a pitch from there Don't shake your head at me Your idea was that it was sponsored by Wendy's
2: I forgot about that one (laughs) You don't
0: get to judge me (laughs) (laughs) Alright so um Do you have more details in there for the events that happened, just so that, see if anything will work with an ending, or I'm just curious how much, what you've got working with.
1: I had more detail than I thought I was going to, frankly. So, like, it's like 28 years later, I guess. I don't know. I had to do some rough math in my head, but, like, they're still living in Miss Honey's house, all three of them, Miss Honey, Matilda, and I decided that the girl's name would be Jenny, because Miss Honey's (coughs) name is Jennifer, (coughs) so I thought that was cute. And <laughs> Miss Honey is now like the state superintendent for all schools like she's the big person in charge and I I couldn't decide what a profession to give adult Matilda like it was a three-way tie between writer teacher and librarian.
2: I mean being a teacher makes sense as far as like following like the Miss Honey footsteps but I think probably librarian yeah. is, I think is that tracks pretty more. solid. Yeah
1: that makes total sense. So, like, life's pretty... Oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say, I, c- I can just imagine there's, g- there's a cool scene at the beginning where she's using her powers to, like, organize the books, like, to, like, there's, like, the return book cart, and then she, like, raises them up and then, like, puts them right where they're supposed to be.
1: That would be a great scene. Her doing a, um... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I can't remember what that song is called. Where she's standing in the uh... living room in the first one.
2: Shake, 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 Sonora. Is that it? Is that when that one? I think so. I think it's so. from
0: Beetlejuice or whatever. Is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, that's also in Beetlejuice. Oh right, but um, I, th- I think it is that song, isn't it?
0: Probably. This is about the point. I should I should admit I didn't rewatch the movie this week. I saw the back half of it on TV a couple weeks ago, and I ran out of the time to watch the front. No, hat. it's little bitty pretty I can't one. Remember. Man, if only there was a way, we could look up was what that song bitty, was. It was Little
1: Bitty Pretty One. Little Bitty oh, Pretty maybe. One. Wasn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Sorry. I have to follow this thread now. I was in the middle of typing Matilda Power <laughs> song. <laughs> and the top result, Little yeah, Bitty Yeah, okay. All right. One. All right. There we go. So. But I had to see where that what what would come up when I googled the yeah. power song.
1: So I think that would be like a really cool scene in the library with her doing the same kind of thing and putting all the books back. Mm-hmm. And like she doesn't like five minutes, right, as opposed to like thirty to an hour. So like she's only recently started to notice that her daughter can like move stuff with her mind, and like she's nervous mm-hmm. about it and she doesn't want to take her out in public all that often. But they cannot resist the child's request to go to the book fair. And for ridiculous reasons, the book fair is outdoor at the 4-H fairgrounds. And
0: like they always are. Every book fair I went it makes to makes so
1: much sense. Let's put all of the paper goods outside
0: <laughs> with where the it's very easily accessible by the extreme. Christian yes. cult There's sects. like a
1: booth with this, you know, this sect, this extremist Christian sect. And they're selling, like, their version of the Bible. Like, they've just cherry-picked everything that, you know, aligns with their theology. And they're trying to hawk it. And um, for reasons, there's a petting zoo. and
2: It's 4-H fairgrounds. Yeah, Yeah. it's a book fair. Of course, there's a petting zoo.
1: And, like, somehow all of the animals, like, this pen full of goats... And, you know, the pigs and things. I've actually never been to a petting zoo in my life. I can only go off based on what I've seen on TV. But
2: Like rhinos, there's giraffes, there's... <laughs> yeah. uh, tropical birds. Tropical birds. Um.
1: So, like, Matilda, like, saves this toddler from, like, a goat stampede. And <laughs> one of these crazy sect people sees her do it. And they're like, we have got to have that for our evangelism. <laughs>
2: Just to be clear, you said Matilda saves a child? From...
1: No, uh, Jenny does. Like it... The little kid. Right. Yeah, the her daughter. Um,
2: um, if it's going to be revealed later, uh, does this extremist group have, like, a name or so something? I no,
1: ask. I could not come up with a name. Just in my mind, they're very Opus day. Like, if you've ever seen or read The Da Vinci Code, like, they're very small, but they're, like, super fundamentalist and very extreme. And... Let's come
0: up with the name right now. Uh, Madison, you say... It's like holy, divine, something like that. Um, I'll do the middle bit which like you know, like church, order, whatever. Carrie, you'd pick a name for the end, like Saint John, Saint George. It doesn't have to be an actual saint. You can make one up if you want. Okay. Godly Legion of
1: Don't say Doom, Carrie of fundamentalists. Okay.
2: Godly Legion of Fundamentalists. The GLF. Uh, GLF.
1: It is very straightforward.
2: Yeah, they're not they're not really messing around letting you know who they are. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, just so like, if you
2: read our name on a paper, you know what we're about automatically. Automatically. So they see Jenny save a
0: child from a goat stampede at the petting zoo at the book fair, as you do.
1: It all makes sense. And like, I don't know, I just had something in my mind where like the next day, like Jenny goes to the end of the driveway to get the mail and in one swoop this big black van pulls up and She's gone, and, like, Matilda tries to, like, throw the emergency brake on the van, but it doesn't work because she doesn't use her powers as much as she used to. So, mm-hmm. like, that part of her brain has kind of atrophied, and then, you know, she feels super responsible for that.
2: I like a scene, like, like she tries to do all that stuff, but then, like, it doesn't work, and then, like, the van's driving away, and she's trying to, like, pull the van back. And, like, it's just, like... And the wheels are, like, spinning for a second, but, like... Like, she's got a hold of the axle. Yeah, like, like, it's... Yeah, and, but, like, because her powers aren't as powerful as they used to be, like, she just, like, collapses and passes out or something. Yeah. From overexerting. I think maybe she should, though. I don't know how... If you address
0: this later, how they find out who it was. Maybe she pulls the license plate off, though, of the van. Yeah.
1: Ooh, that's good. That's good.
0: Little bit of... Little... Actual pound on the pavement investigating going on. So, this, you know what, I was about to say the magic bullshit, but I just have to remember that magic is always the answer.
1: Magic is always the answer. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so like that's a good idea. I really wasn't sure how they were going to get to, I really wasn't, I really hadn't connected that dot, those two dots, how they were <laughs> going to find out who exactly took her. In my mind, I was like some library researcher friend who's just really good with the open source intelligence figures it out, but I like that idea. I like the idea of her pulling the license plate off the back of the van and then that being their first clue. I
0: also, I do also kind of like the idea of because Matilda was made in like the 90s, this is pre-internet and everything, maybe we just keep that sheen of like Miss Honey, Matilda, Jenny, they don't use the internet, they don't understand the internet, so they don't like, like, or it's like cell phones. So like somebody, a neighbor was like, I got a photo of some of the people on my phone and it's, oh, she's like, "What? How did you do that?" Like, she's, they don't use. They just never
1: evolved past 1995. Technology. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> they're like those dogs. <laughs> like Meredith, how yeah. do I open a new tab?
0: They're kind of not to bring it back to our last episode. They're kind of like the Brady Bunch in the modern Brady Bunch mm-hmm. films. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Let's. Okay, so the Godly Legion of Fundamentalists uh, kidnap her, and she attempts to Darth Vader <laughs> pull their truck back to her with the Force. Uh, but gets the license plate instead. So where do we go from there, Carrie?
1: Probably I thought there would be, like, a couple of scenes, obviously, where they're gathering information, they're doing their research, Mm -hmm. and while it's happening, like, Matilda's trying to get her mojo back because she obviously, you know, she let that truck get away and her powers aren't as strong. So, like, I don't know, a series of, like, sequences where, I don't know, she's doing, like, these Uma Thurman will exercises, like, move your big Mm -hmm. toe, you know? (laughs) That kind of thing.
2: Maybe there's a scene in the library where she just tries to raise every single bookshelf in the library, like to see how 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 far she can push the limit.
1: Yeah, and then maybe it doesn't go well the first time, so it causes this domino effect. Mm-hmm.
2: C- can we have
0: a scene where uh, she's doing like the classic push up with like books on her back, but as we pan down, she's not even touching the ground. She's doing like in the air, like with her powers. That's good. my
1: God. that's great
0: hey mara wilson give us a call i mean you're listening to this because we definitely tagged you in the tweet for this episode
1: oh yeah honestly if if y'all aren't following mara wilson on twitter it's it's the best
0: Uh, i'm sorry for the passive aggressive fight we had at the beginning mara
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh so i guess they find this convent where she's being held and once they go undercover as nuns because, like, that's that's another thing I didn't make clear. Like, it's a very specific fundamentalist sect of Catholic extremism because that's the only th- way the nun thing makes sense, I guess. After they go undercover as nuns, I imagine it becomes very Harriet the Spy meets Home Alone meets <clears throat> Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: <laughs> because, like, I like the idea of uh, within this, what, what are we calling them again?
0: Uh, the Godly Legion of Fundamentalists, or GLF.
1: So I imagine within the GLF, there's also this infighting where there's like that one guy, like Grima Wormtongue guy, who is like, y'all want to put your money on this child? What about this ancient demon that I definitely have a text that I could summon it? I could give him a -a ring-a-ding-ding and he could really jumpstart our religion. But y'all want to go with a child? Okay. So like, I imagine that he is meanwhile plotting to like actually release this demon or whatever. And he figures out
2: what if it's like an archangel or something or like like some sort of like fallen angel. That's good. I like that a lot. So two
0: questions. One, who's playing the person in charge of the GLF? Two, who's playing the scream of
2: tongue character?
1: Oh, man. Hmm. That's tough. Only because I hadn't thought about it before this moment. But
2: who's a greasy looking dude? (laughs) Like he's like a slimy like I think that's the demon razor guy.
1: I don't know, you put Steve Buscemi, or Buscemi, however you say it, you put him in, like, a share wig and, like, spray water on it? Yeah, I'm convinced. What yeah. was the
0: name of the guy? I just watched The Core with my roommate last night. What's the guy yeah. who played, like, he was Rat in The Core, and he was also in The New
2: Guy or whatever? Oh, I don't um, his name DJ Qualls.
1: I'm glad you knew. I had zero idea.
0: He's no, got that right. Weasley-looking Weasley looking face. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's up to you, care. This is your movie.
1: I, I, have, I have no idea. Uh, gosh, I guess... So, like, we get Steven there to play the greasy guy, who, like, I would imagine gets hilariously killed by this archangel once he releases it. In this
0: movie for children.
1: Yeah, oh, I forgot about that, honestly.
0: I mean, I guess we are, this is, we're splitting hairs when we've already introduced an extremely fundamentalist Catholic sect.
1: There was a lot more gun violence in my original pitch, but I <laughs> I, I, I took it out because I was like, I don't think anybody would find that.
2: I just imagine there's, like, a scene where Matilda is getting shot at by like a bunch of machine guns and she neo like stops the bullets.
0: Oh, I thought you were saying like, Miss Honey comes around the corner with like a chain gun. It's
2: like... Yeah, yeah. That too.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: The, the, this movie is very much of a Matilda sequel up until the third act and then it just turns into like the expendables. Yeah, it took a hard left. <laughs> Uh, for the cult leader, I have a pitch of Jason Isaacs.
1: That's a good. Oh, I love Isaac that Isaac
0: idea. Isaac. Okay, so Jason Isaacs, then possibly as the cult leader.
1: Yes, I love that okay. idea.
0: Also, watching him and Steve Buscemi act together.
1: Yeah, no, let's. Yeah, I'm going to pick a different one for him because now it it no longer works. Um, I don't know. Maybe a Bill. Sc- maybe Bill Skarsgård. That that's the guy. That's it, right?
2: Sure. Yeah. Who
1: played yeah. it? And he was yeah. on Castle yeah. Rock.
2: Yeah. What about uh, also? What's that lady from Juno and she was also on West Wing?
1: Allison Janney.
2: Allison Janney. I think she, if she's not the leader, like I think she would be a really good cult member. Oh, yeah. Play. Oh, yeah.
1: The the cult member with the clipboard who is yeah. very organized and is always organizing yeah, yeah. their little services or whatever. I like yeah. it.
0: So I just, I have to ask because uh, just I know we're digging into the weeds here this fallen angel side story that you're working on, which is fine. Do they actually worship like the Christian God or is it some funky other God? Because it's starting to sound this is more like a Cthulhu cult than Christian. And I'm just trying to make sure I understand.
2: I think they have their own beliefs. Like maybe they, they believe some sort of conspiracy. Yes. With it. Like, is that okay. kind of like, like like there's there's more to like their beliefs than just the standard Christian Bible. There's like some sort of, other like deeper secret like very da vinci code-esque like you said like they are like looking into like i mean they know about i think they believe in demons obviously because like
1: you can't have angels without demons yeah
2: exactly i mean that's there wouldn't be a title for that dan brown book if you could
1: Exactly. Keep coming back to Dan Brown. Yeah, full cosine on that, by the way. That's definitely where I think all the energy lies.
0: Okay, okay. I was just curious, because we're digging into archangels and fallen angels, and I just wanted to make sure, is it like the actual Christian god, or are they, in this case, like a splinter group that has a conspiracy theory about... Angels and Demons the Dan Brown novel.
1: Well, I think maybe like their motivations are really just to become the most powerful religion in gotcha. the world because religion one is very powerful and two like the obviously the more followers you have the the more of the world the greater your influence is. And so like I think that they just want to be the biggest and the baddest and one of the easiest ways to do that is to like make a demonstration of some <laughs> extraordinary power this child has. Or, on the other side of it, you release this angel, creature, demon, whatever it is, thinking you can control it, and then you create an enemy that you Mm. then get to defeat. So, it could go a number of ways. There could be a number of motivations. I
2: could see one of their motivations being to, like, get, because I think even the Vatican are just like, y'all are too weird for us. And then, like. Trying to get, like, the Vatican on their side, and so they're trying to find, like, the most explicit way to demonstrate how their their uh, beliefs are the legitimate. Or, or, yeah, trying to get their are, endorsement. Like, impressive. What were you going to say, Mike? Uh, I was going to ask, or
0: I was just about the idea. So then the, the coming of Jenny uh, is what makes Steve Buscemi kind of, like, step up his game and actually attempt to call this fallen angel then? Is that what I... Like, he's, he's advocating for this, and now it's like, no, we have her. Like, we'll just use yeah. her. We don't need to use your thing anymore. We'll just use her. And so now he's like, no, okay, well, I'm going to... I
1: think it's, um, you know, partially because he's been slighted, and I think he just thinks he can do it better. And if you can do it better, why not? You know, then you'll get all the credit, and you'll get all the clout for, right. you know, having created this thing. And and it's been a big plus.
0: So, uh, you mentioned when they get into the monastery, it becomes very hairy at the spy home alone. Are they, is this an infiltration and then get her and get out or do they become embedded in the cult and an attempt to save her? I
1: think it becomes, it's initially, obviously it's a rescue mission. They want to go in, they Mm want to find, I imagine all these scenes where like they're like creepily looking around corners, all sus and just like looking Mm -hmm. for clues, very Scooby-Doo. And then for whatever reason, just so their cover doesn't get blown, they have to like, maybe they get pulled into some kind of uh, service Or something like that, and they hear somebody preach or whatever, or maybe they see, like, a crazy miracle or whatever, something Mm -hmm. like that. Maybe they could bring Jenny out during the service, and then, you know, they would see her and be like, oh, there she is. Now what do we do?
0: Okay. Got it. Do we have any returning characters? Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, um, whoever played Trunchbull? I'm just curious if we throw that wrench in there. Matilda's brother is part of the cult and he would recognize her maybe I don't know I'm just how do we add that extra layer of we might get caught
1: I had batted around the idea of including the parents in some way like maybe they all had something to do with it for some reason Mm -hmm. and then I was just like "Ah, you know what I don't want to because they were terrible people and I love how that movie ends the first movie I love how it literally (laughs) ends with them fucking off and Miss Honey just adopts her it's and we never have to think about them again it's great it's absolutely great
0: I'm fine with that. I just didn't know if we wanted to add in that extra twist
2: of somebody who's in the cult who would be able to recognize them and like blow up their spot. What if um one it's one <laughs> of the kids from um Matilda's class, like maybe not her best friend, because I kinda of figured maybe they would still be best friends. Um <laughs> maybe they get her involved somehow. Um or maybe it's one of the maybe it's the kid who is forced to eat the cake or something or Bog Trotter. <laughs> I love it. I can't think of any other kids.
1: The girl with the pigtails that she threw over the fence?
2: Yes, yeah. That's a good one. She's out for revenge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Could be.
2: I broke both my legs. (laughs) Oh my Uh, god. I was deathly allergic to pollen and you just threw me into a field of flowers.
1: She blows up to the size of a balloon.
2: (laughs) I died for four minutes, Matilda. Um, It would
1: have been a very different movie.
2: Yeah, we're gonna
0: retcon Matilda to actually be a very dark film.
1: Yum, <laughs> yum. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, hey, at least it would fit more with what I've cranked out over here.
0: Okay, so they go to the service. They see Jenny is there. Is it now more of a question of she's gonna be too hard to get to? Like she's being kept like very securely yeah. by, by the cult. So where is she being kept then? Let's go with that. Do they have like a, is this actually like a really nice like monastery type place? Or is it more like Mason's Lodges downtown, which is big stone buildings that are kind of square and you don't really can't tell what's going on inside them.
1: I'm going to go with Mason building. I don't know why. That just adds another layer of <laughs> ew to it. Sure.
0: So those don't have towers, so you can't lock her in a tower in a square. That's why I was trying to decide where,
2: where it was.
1: Exactly. And, you know, they all have just the dirtiest, dankest basements you've ever seen. So, of course, that's where she is. She's handcuffed to, like, a stack of, like, those folding chairs or something like that. Mm-hmm. One of those big, heavy carts. And, like, there's unopened cleaning supplies on the other side.
2: Oh. Okay, so there's a pokey in the back, but, like, nothing. Like, they don't use it. It's just, like, in the, in the background.
1: Exactly. Does she
2: have,
0: like, a training montage here where she starts to, like, focus and try to train her powers?
1: I think, yeah, I like that idea. I like the yeah. idea of her trying to like move things around in the room, and like have more control. Because like you would think they would try to figure out how to curb that, but they really wouldn't know how because they literally just found out she existed.
2: Do they sort of like hook, ask, like brainwash her? Uh, like they like do they do they try to do they do you think they convince her of something so she is more cooperative at some point and then part of freeing her is making her realize remind like just like part of Matilda and Miss Honey's like way of freeing her is making her realize that this isn't real or this isn't right.
1: I I like the idea of them trying to brainwash her into thinking that, you know, nobody's coming for her. We are your family now, all of that. I almost think that any child of Matilda's would not fall for it though. You know what I mean? Because Matilda had such terrible parents And that was one of the greatest lessons that Roald Dahl taught us was that the adults can be the bad people. Like they're not always going to take care of you. And I just feel like that she would not let that shit slide. See, Mm -hmm. I think
0: I was going to pitch that we kind of mirror the first movie and there is almost a Miss Honey in the cult that is like helping Jenny and not like necessarily escape, but that's like her Miss Honey, but it's... Instead of like showing her adults are nice, like showing her the affection is actually the one indoctrinating her, but with a similar level of like care and attention, basically an an anti-Miss Honey, a Miss Vinegar.
1: (laughs) A Miss Vinegar. Oh, Lord. I love it. Nice. That's good, Miss Vinegar.
0: But that's one way we can kind of use what you said and logically explain how she's getting brainwashed into the cult. Is somebody who's showing up like, yeah, you're right. Like she's gonna come get you she can come take care of you like blah blah blah. She can lie to her by showing attention and affection, but then we also mirror Miss Honey's effect on Matilda in the first one.
1: I like it. I like it a lot.
0: And that's where we can fit in Alice and Janney.
1: Yeah. There you go, there you go. Yeah. I love Alice and
0: Alright, so so she's locked up by the cult. You mentioned an idea, Kara, that they were going to basically take her out and like show what she can do as a means of garnering support. Is this going to be like a, I guess, revival kind of show or is it like a we'll show them and like they're going to do some kind of like terrorist attack or something like is it going to be a show where everybody comes in like watches like look what we look what our call can or whatever our sect can do because we believe and this proves we're right or is it going to be like we're going to attack the Pope or something like that.
1: I think the the idea (laughs) of them literally rolling in on a wagon like a bunch of snake oil salesmen that's definitely funnier. But I think it would make more sense, mm-hmm. especially if you were going to go to all this trouble to, like, kidnap a child, that you, like, try and stage some ridiculous stunt, and then okay. she saves the day. And then, you know, they they front her as, you know, their chosen one, their chosen mm-hmm. child. Gotcha. You know, this is going right. to be, she's going to save us from all of the bad things that are coming our way. The rapture, or whatever, whatever the torment du jour is.
0: And maybe Miss Honey and Matilda find out about this plan, and that's one reason that they can't just take her and go. Yeah. That's because they have to, like, also stop this from happening.
1: Yeah, this is also not a good thing. <laughs> Safety of the children, important, but also not doomsday.
0: <laughs> so what is the stunt that they're going to orchestrate?
1: I'm not really sure, because once... I, literally, my notes cut off after oh. Steve Buscemi or whoever releasing the f- Archangel. Like, I really didn't have anything past that but the stunt hmm. giant traffic accidents are always you know fodder for disaster and intervention you know i immediately think of like spider-man trying to stop that transit bus Mm -hmm. from running off the end Mm -hmm. or uh stuff like that or some kind of i don't want to say natural disaster because i really don't think that a adolescent child could like stop a tsunami or something like that
0: it could be just like a bombing at a church or like a sky, whatever, and she's like saving people.
1: Dark. I love it.
2: Yeah. And they like the idea is that they are setting up the terrorist attack and then she's saving them. Right. right? Yeah. They're so orchestrating
0: the, it so that she can yeah. then
2: come in and save the day. What if it's like a church event where you're like, there's like a cardinal from the Vatican visiting that mm. day or something. So it's like, oh, she saves a cardinal from the Vatican. So the church is now really paying attention. That's good. That's
1: great.
0: I assume then most likely they do stop the actual fake attack, but then Steve Buscemi's fallen angel uh, coming soon to Hulu. (laughs) Steve Buscemi's fallen angel then rocks up to the party, and they actually have to fight that now, correct? I mean, that's naturally where this movie would go, it feels like. Since we're setting up a fake terrorist attack, but also in the background, Steve Buscemi is summoning a dark god.
1: This plot is so wild. I can't believe it.
0: Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been paying attention for 60 some odd episodes. No,
1: I have. I just can't believe, I can't believe how I control this god. It's, it's great. I love it. It's great stuff. So I imagine,
2: yes, so they save the cardinal, but then Steve Buscemi releases his archangel at the same moment. So we get this, like, pivotal scene yeah, where Matilda Matilda and her daughter are teaming up to fight this, like, archangel. And then maybe, like, Miss Honey does have a Gatling gun. And she's, like, shooting the archangel. Like, or something. Like, I want to give her something to do. I don't know what um, else she's doing or contributing.
0: She finds the bomb that they planted for the terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And brings it, Got and it. they via powers. Or Miss Honey could make the sacrifice play and dive into the demon's jaw with these bombs. I love it. I love <laughs> it. it
2: what if Miss Honey and the Alice and Janie character maybe like Alice and Janie kind of has like a like somewhat of a change of heart after she realizes like the 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 destruction or like or like mm-hmm. the the seriousness, and then like her and Miss Honey team up. Honey and Vinegar team up for the first time and I mean, they try to de- defuse the bomb or try to yeah. like take control of like the ritual that's summoning the archangel
1: i love it this is a fanfic waiting to happen
2: uh i think then, if we're gonna do cultus with a change of heart
0: janny has to make the sacrifice play
1: Yes, That'd I agree. Good.
0: That'd be good. Maybe she, like, actually believed in what the, ch- like, the church. She didn't know about this fake terrorist attack. I don't think it's, like, everyone knows about it. It's very inner circle. Yeah. yeah. So maybe she, like, didn't know and was actually trying to, like, make this situation not awful for Jenny. I mean, she's still indoctrinating her, but. Uh, and so once she finds out, she and Vin- or Vin- or she and Honey go and get that bomb. And then she jumps into a fallen angel's <laughs> waiting maw.
1: I love it. Maybe sure. that's what they have to resort to after one of those tense diffusing scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like red wire to blue wire, don't cut the green one.
2: I have this I have this very visceral image of this archangel being in the air and uh Matilda and Jenny like each taking a wing and then just like pulling it off of them. <laughs> and then then he falls to the ground. Then they fall to the ground. And then that is when uh Miss Vinegar makes her play to like strap the bomb to the to I the think, I think
0: I like wait, I like that. That's very gruesome. Um but, yeah, to your point, there's a very tense defusing scene, but right before they do it, we see Vinegar knocks out Miss Honey. So we're like, oh, did she. Was it fake? But then we see her with the bomb in tow later, like at the, after Madison's scene. Like she was. She had the plan. Like she knew what she was doing. She wasn't like, no, this still goes on. It was like, I need the bomb not defused.
1: I need the bomb not defused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yes.
2: Okay. So. So do they kill an angel? A fallen angel. Is that what we're doing? A fallen angel. A fallen angel. This is what I'm saying. I have no
1: idea how they put that thing back where it came from or so help me. I really don't know.
2: All I'm saying is at the end of this, Constantine is coming and Inspector Constantine is like... I I mean, I was going to
0: pitch that we have Shard show up from Avengers to clean up the scene. I like it. I mean, they have experience with angels. Mm
2: -hmm. That's true.
0: And that also then ties Matilda back in the heaven into the ECU. Uh (laughs)
1: Yeah. excellent yes
2: maybe uh the at the end after they defeat the angel um maybe the angel yeah. just leaves i don't like to me like them killing an angel or is just like crazy yeah <laughs> <no>. <laughs> i don't I even think, know how you would I mean, do then, that I mean, it could like flee The like yeah it's like fuck that fuck this dimension and then it like fucks off
0: <laughs> i mean it has to run because you did just have a child and her mother rip its wings off via psychic powers. Yeah, that's
1: true i just love the idea that like probably through most of this movie we're getting like a bunch of cute <laughs> sight gags with the powers and then all of a sudden we have full-on anime violence mm-hmm. like yes. i just love that
2: i think like the sect the um glf the glf yes glf i think maybe they After this, like you said, like the uh, shard comes in Mm -hmm. and dismantles them or the leaders are arrested. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. All the other people. I think most Um, of the
0: leaders are dead at this point. I mean, yeah, maybe Steve Buscemi's dark god would have probably taken care of most of the leaders. Yeah, we can leave like Jason Isaacs can be around if we want to keep him for later use. But I think he pretty much tore a swath of destruction through them to get out.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Cool so then they're just gone now like they're gone by the end of the movie like they're just there's nothing left because Allison Janey would have been the last one but she she sacrificed
1: herself. I think
0: there's still some like I think we might see the GLF again but it's just like they're scattered like their leaders are destroyed and so the few who are left are gonna have to rebuild. Yeah
1: they've been totally disenfranchised quote unquote
0: yeah. or actually if Sibu Simi's still alive he was right he could basically start over with the new like a new GLF Yeah, it's
1: a it's a damn shame that that went poorly for him
2: yeah he's like a loki s character who's starting his like
0: <laughs> his first steps his into a larger world I
2: like it yeah but yeah I think that's good
0: so okay we we still need to I think bring the movie home with what happens mm-hmm. after Matilda and her daughter Not defenestrate. What do you call when you (laughs) rip the wings off something? D-wing? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. D-wing? When we need something uh, to happen after Matilda and her daughter D-wing a celestial being via their mind powers.
2: They're exposed now, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, maybe um, if we're actually introducing Shard from Avengers into the movie, um, Mm -hmm. maybe they... They bring them in to protect them. Protective custody. Protective custody. Oh my god, um, her- sec. <laughs> Them and uh, Miss Honey, too. So maybe they're living on some sort of scientific base, and I don't know.
1: Or maybe they live on a llama ranch in Peru.
0: I like the idea that they bring them, like, we see them being brought to a shard base, and Matilda's like, yeah, we're not living here. And then they, like, go into this area, and it's basically just a wide-open, like, pasture. They've just... Relocated their entire house and yard and everything to this like Like yard near but Or like portal dimension or something but the idea is like They're in protective custody but
2: Yeah and they're being watched too by Shard Oh yeah for sure Right. I mean it's protective custody still but it's not
0: You live in a military base now it's like we've Like as Carrie mimed we take the whole town and push it over there Yeah They just like move
1: Somewhere else
0: (laughs) They like relocate the entire house and everything so that they still get to live some semblance of normality, but they're being protected from the GLF or any other cults that are trying to <laughs> abduct Jenny to be their Messiah child.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: <sighs> All right. Well, did we do it?
1: I I, I, think, I think we think did so. it.
0: As Madison is fond of saying
2: we did something.
1: Yeah, we sure did.
2: We did something. All right, uh, well... We de-winged an archangel, a fallen angel.
1: How did we quantum leap um, here? I don't get it.
0: <laughs> you know... And blew him up. Going into this episode, I thought, my sister liked this movie a lot as a kid. I'm going to try to do this one pretty even keel. <laughs> like, let's just not get too out there. And within five minutes, we were talking about Steve Buscemi worshipping a fallen angel. So...
1: Yeah, it, it go got so pretty great, crazy. But.
0: All right, so... Matilda 2, Back in the Habit, is in the books. If we did it, then that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us.
2: People can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, (laughs) and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can also get in contact
0: with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. We have a Gmail. It is equalizers at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E Q U E L I Z E R S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Carrie, tell the people where they can find you as well.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Berra. You can also, if you want to listen, you can find us on Twitter at Kick N Stream.
0: And that's kick the letter n stream correct on twitter
1: yes k-i-c-k-n-s-t-r-e-a-m
0: and also this is currently as we're recording this your podcast is the kicking and streaming with a yellow uh, episode art because there is a second podcast called kicking and streaming
1: yeah we're the one with the yellow
0: well carrie i want to thank you for coming on uh for what i wasn't expecting to be as book wild an episode as we normally do but we got there in the end
1: <laughs> I Thank you very much for having me on I'm so happy we had this conversation
0: All that's left then Carrie is for you to decide What we're doing next time
1: Oh gosh it, Again I have trouble making choices <laughs> And I came up with three And, and then we're going to go one, two, three And then you you folks can pick which one you want to do I, Number one okay. My number one choice Is space balls 2
0: No Ooh. No?
1: All right it's number two, Mean Girls 2. I don't think you've done Mean Girls, have you? We haven't. Okay, all right. We haven't.
2: There is technically a Mean Girls 2. It is, a, is there? Um, it is a direct-to DVD um, sequel. Um, I have watched it before. It well, that
1: explains why I had bad. no idea it was straight to DVD.
2: What's the third
0: option?
1: iRobot 2. Ah, uh, see, I'm seeing smiles Next week, and week, Everyone,
0: be sure to tune in. For iRobot 2. Most likely, I can tell you right now, we're probably going to call it I, I, Robot, because that's the Roman numeral for 2.
2: But Or I, I, robot. robot.
1: <laughs> yes! I love it. I love it.
0: Tune in next week to find out what title we go with, and what kind of travesty we put
2: on this one. Can't wait. So, for the Equalizers... I'm Madison
1: Jones. I'm Carrie McMichael. I'm
2: Mike Knoll. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, a, I'm allergic to bullshit. To
0: be continued.